Um, growing up, Alyssa only ate two kinds of meat. It was bacon and deli turkey meat rolled up. She wouldn't eat it on anything. She would only eat. That's not true. I'd eat sandwiches. No, you would not. With the special sandwich bread. Okay, with the special <laughs> sandwich bread. What is special sandwich bread? <laughs> it was like the French roll, but it only had yeah. the specific brand. It had to like have a certain. It was like the label. fresh baked French roll that we would then tear into into the car, and she could take that and make it into um, a, a turkey, turkey sandwich. sandwich with nothing but the turkey on it. What? <laughs> she, You've eaten a few of those when we were in high school. I used to offer them to you along with my Gatorade. Gatorade was part of the mix too. <laughs> No, that makes it worse. That's how she won me over. We sat next to each other at a period after lunch, and I always had my sandwich left over because like, I only wanted to eat it half the time, and I'd offer it to him. Or it was like white Wonder Bread. I remember you'd eat sandwiches with like the Wonder Bread <laughs> brand awful bread. <laughs> but that was the only meat she ate. Hmm. Must have been nice eating white bread. <laughs> <laughs> Venus question mark? Oh, with the life thing? Yes, with the life. We're going to take the vagueness out of this thing. Now there's going to be seven more pings about because we have approximately seven listeners that are like, Venus? What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, My thing is that the other day me and Nikki went to Dutch Bros. Oh boy. And she got four drinks. We got four drinks in total because we got them for us and then Levi and Riley. And Riley had gotten a warm drink, and so when he passed over three straws for the cold drinks, Nikki's like, oh, wait, we're missing one. He's like, um, I'm pretty sure one of those drinks is warm. Did you want a straw for that? And Nikki's like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. And so then we go to date, right? Wait, okay, but typically we all get, all four of us get cold drinks. So I'm used to seeing four straws. And I'm also almost nine months pregnant, so. (laughs) Also warm drinks or hot drinks? Like a hot drink. So then we go to date. And again, <laughs> Riley orders a hot drink. So we have the three cold and then one hot. They ask, do you want straws? Instead of just saying yes, Nikki's like, yeah, all except for the cold, or the hot one. <laughs> something like, only for the cold ones. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then we started laughing. This poor, like, Dutch Bros employee was like, why are they laughing? <laughs> like, he didn't know why that was funny. It's just loud in there. And suddenly we're just like dying in the car and he's like, so you guys having a good day? Like, I think he thought we were laughing at him and I'm so sorry oh. to that one Dutch Bros employee that Me- listened. Meanwhile, there's a guy way in the back who was there the first time and he's cracking up. He's <laughs> like, ah, oh, that dummy, I know her. Oh, uh, so, if anybody's ever played Pokemon Snap on Nintendo 64, so there's a new one coming out on the Switch. Um, but it it's a fun. It was. Why does it exist? Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, I'm hurt. But back when in its heyday, uh, Nintendo had a partnership with a lot of hotels. And I think it was certain chains, but I forget what they were. But you'd have it in your hotel room, and if, as a guest, you would play Pokemon Snap, and you could submit your pictures in for a tournament, and and get something. But it's just neat that hotels were fitted with Nintendo 64s with Pokemon Snap in it for that purpose. That's kind of cute. That is neat. Yeah. Did you know that 90% of statistics are made up on the spot? (laughs) (laughs) Abraham Lincoln told me that. (laughs) (laughs) The the most interesting thing I have to share is actually on Saturday. 
we did a, a memorial 5K with my family. My father passed a couple of years ago. I'm sorry. Now we, but we did a memorial walk, which was really great. We had way more people who showed up than we expected. It was awesome. And the best part was I went with a bunch of my siblings afterwards, and we shared all the crazy stories of the ridiculously awful stuff we did to children. <laughs> That's like half this podcast. Yes. Have you heard how Alyssa killed my bird? Oh, you know what? We're done. That's the intro. We're done. I'm cutting it here. I have brother and I's hilariously failed fist fight. Oh, no. So the, the worst part is I don't even remember what we got mad at each other over. Um, what I do remember is we were standing in the mudroom and my brother said something that just like pushed me over the line. So I like punched it, but it was the most <laughs> failed punch ever. But that's not even the best part. I punched him, grabbed the door to the outside, and ran. <laughs> so you so, punch so, your brother and then do so my brother So my brother chases me down, punches me back, turns around and runs. <laughs> you guys are cut of the same cloth. <laughs> This was my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. about right with siblings. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. All right, All right, we're coming back, even though our intro is done. We're restarting it, so Un- you guys are in for a treat this Unrelated week. story. Everything's um, always unrelated. <laughs> to anything, but Levi says he hasn't heard this one. When Alyssa and I were growing up, she was the kid that always... She would not let you touch her loose teeth. Until they fell out. She swallowed one because it was so loose in the <laughs> night it word. fell out and she swallowed it in her sleep. Okay, Nikki, meanwhile, if it had any wiggle room, was like yanking that shit out with pliers. Oh, so. God, yeah. No, I was the kid that was like, my tooth, this is a baby tooth still. Let's get it out. Yeah, it wouldn't even be loose if Nikki's like trying to pry it out of her mouth. I have so gaps for no. months. <laughs> like months and months because my teeth were not there yet. I'm surprised they all developed as they did. Um... But there was a day where Alyssa was complaining about a loose tooth and we were shopping in a like linoleum carpet flooring store with my mom. And just Nikki's not mom, not mine. Yeah, just mine. <laughs> <laughs> we do share a mom in case you Um but she's complaining about this tooth. Mom's at the counter like talking to the poor people trying to get this like whatever she Dealing wanted to Dealing with her little buy. shithead children that are bickering nonstop. Yeah, and Alyssa's sitting there. We hated each other growing up. It was bad. Um, Alyssa's sitting there complaining, and so I just used what our teenage brother taught us. And, oh, so we're just starting Josh on the bush, too. Well, yeah. And I punched her in the face and punched her teeth out. That says no. And so Alyssa started crying, and I don't remember exactly what mom did with us. I feel like she, like, took us out of the store for a little bit because Alyssa was bleeding and crying. (laughs) She's trying to find her tooth because the tooth fairy is too (laughs) Riley, have you heard this? I have heard this. I didn't know what the tooth fairy I've been married to you for almost seven years. I've never heard this story. What? I feel like I tell you everything. I don't know. It gets confusing. (laughs) But she gave me a bloody nose once because we were throwing punched out her small, un, unripe apples at each other in someone's yard while our parents were at Bible right. study. We gotta shift into the topic before this turns into another episode that becomes the intro. <laughs> that is just <laughs> us flaming each other. <laughs> Alright, now you wanna roll on and do it. Speaking right, of socialism. Yeah. <laughs> nice segue there. Um, He's like our tooth, comrade. <laughs>
Hi, I'm Nikki. I'm Levi. I'm Alyssa. I'm Riley. And, and this, this is Rogue, Rogue Ramblings. Ramblings, a podcast featuring controversial topics, interesting ideas, and random nonsense. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it won't make it stop. Alyssa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Nikki. I'm the master debater today, and we're going to talk about socialism versus capitalism. We also have a special guest. We do, yes. Elijah's joining us, <laughs> Riley's yes. good friend. Yes. Hello. I'm, I'm special with like a capital S. Yes. Every other letter is messed up. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just Riley or Levi doing a ventriloquist act. I swear we do have another person. A ventriloquist act where no one can see whether their lips are different. We're just really working on it. They're refining right. it with right. just us around. I don't know if you know this, Elijah, but Riley is always talking about how smart you are and how like he'd love to have you on. It's because... weird. He constantly talks about it on the podcast, so like everyone's gonna know exactly who you are. No. <laughs> this isn't awkward at all. I know what I'm trying to be on. Well, he doesn't place, shit on but... you. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> that's, the right, that's the right thing to do. <laughs> uh, no, but so to get us started off, I want to get a basic understanding of what you guys know of socialism versus capitalism and I did like, not know I had to study before like, this wait, like what they what they are yeah like what notes. would you say socialism and capitalism are and their differences I guess okay uh, I'll, get, I'll go first for me from what I understand socialism is government enforced um, everybody gets a piece of the pie but you're paying for it with high taxes you know if you want kids to have high education everyone pays for it but it's readily available to everybody um, if you want you know let's just say free housing that's a bad example, but, you know, everyone gets it, but everyone's paying for it equally. Uh, or maybe not equally, I'm not really sure if that's as much of a factor in that, but... Yeah, every luxury is taken care of, but it's enforced by the government. And paid for by the people. By no means I'm an expert, but from what I understand, the main difference is, like, in capitalism, you have different levels of wealth. And the point of socialism is just to have level across the board with, um, you know, things like housing, um, medicine and wealth and then capitalism you have different levels and different accessibility to those things but again that's just my understanding of it so slight bone to pick with you riley immediately um oh boy. <laughs> no i just want to give you the opportunity to maybe adjust that i don't think housing and education is a luxury i think that should be a right <laughs> <laughs> oh boy because it might be it it shouldn't be it shouldn't be, and I'm not. I'm not saying which side. Like I'm on because I definitely think there's pros and no, cons of both. Well, no, because like, I'm not arguing. Like I'm pro socialism because I don't know exactly where I landed. I'm not educated enough to say either way. But just, I think housing should be a right because I think no one should be homeless. But how we get there, I think, would be where I vary on whether or not it's like socialistic versus capitalism. That might be an argument for capitalism being effective because absolutely. While, well, hold on. While homelessness is a big issue. The majority of people in the U.S. have homes. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's really interesting. So, if I wanted to, like, summarize socialism in, like, one sentence, you mm -hmm. could say, in, under a system of socialism, each person gives according to their means and receives according to their needs. Um, and socialism, like, and if you go, like, all the way, you've got, like, the idea of a commune, which has worked over the course of history at, like, very yeah. small scales where Absolutely. everybody's of the same mind and everybody just contributes into the pot and they get what they need. Mm -hmm. um, 
when you try to scale it up, though, you need something to manage the resources and distribute them. Mm -hmm. And so in the case of socialism, you have a government body of some <coughs> sort that collects resources from everyone and then distributes based on what people need. And then under a system of capitalism, it's essentially, in, in the case of pure capitalism, you don't actually need a government to distribute money at all. The idea is that everything is just done by trade between people. If you have something of value, you give it to someone else for something of value from them. Um, having a system of currency makes that easier because then I can, you know, I grow food. I can give food for money and then I can take that money and give it to the blacksmith who maybe also has a farmer in their family. So they don't need food, but they need money so that they can buy materials. That makes sense, yeah. So um, if you look at true socialism, it is defined as um, the government controls the market. And actually, Riley, what he said about housing, where he thinks he was off, they say even private property is not allowed. It is all government owned. And you live in this house, but you don't own it. And you, um, all the food is given out to you. You don't need money, but they might have money, you know. Um, true socialist economies are hard. Um, the Soviet Union is the closest thing we've seen to a true socialist. All the other nations that you think of, like Norway and them, they are what's called democratic socialism. That's what I like. <laughs> and that is what Bernie Sanders says he is, where they say, you know, the government should have um, a larger role in the market in certain areas. But in other areas, it should not. So they still can have, like, private property. They still have... Um, like stores can charge a little bit more or a little bit less, but typically they do have like a, a, a ceiling, like a rent ceiling or a, um, you know, minimum wage and stuff like that. Capitalism, true capitalism, there is no government and from government intervention at all. <laughs> it is all up to us. That means no labor laws. Child mm. labor is totally okay. Ooh. That means no <laughs> minimum wage. That means no requirement for health care. It is... <laughs> Stop! <laughs> we also don't have, like, true capitalist nations yeah. in the world. Everything's kind of a mixture of both. Um, the Soviet Union, one big issue they had was when they split up, because they had taken over all these other countries, you know, Belgium, West Germany, all that crap... Um, they're not crap. Yeah, all that shit. We're allowed to say that. It's all right. <laughs> um, when the Soviet Union fell, they, everyone suffered. You know, the economy was already awful because of this socialist thing. It doesn't work true socialism. Um, but it's it's kind of interesting because when it fell three decades ago was the Soviet Union's fall. Since then, those countries that they had taken over are still some of the poorest countries mm. in the area or whatever. Um, I forget exactly. I have articles which I'll post in the group that I just created. By today. the way, we have a Facebook group. Check yeah. us out. Hey. I'm going to shift away from the page and go to the group. Um, Check out our OnlyFans, too. Stop it, Riley. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to actually make me make an OnlyFans. It's going to be like memes or stupid shit. Um, can, I, can I see you featured prominently on the front <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be Riley's You can see feet. my feature featured prominently. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, 
but yeah, so a lot of, there's a lot of arguments that socialism doesn't work, and when countries have tried it in the past, it it's good for maybe a decade, maybe two, and then it collapses. Is that more pure socialism or pure socialism? Okay. Democratic socialism seems to be working well for a lot of nations. Uh, I was curious if you have examples of countries or nations that are um, pure capitalism and how they've been faring. We don't have pure capitalism, but the biggest issue with capitalism is the unemployment problem. Um, you don't see that in socialist nations. They provide jobs for you. And so the unemployment trend, like the Great Depression and like what we have going on right now, that doesn't happen in socialism. And it is devastating you see how many people don't have jobs around here and that are struggling and our economy is like crapping out it's just as bad so obviously the ideal is some nation with a combination of the two a little bit here and there and it's just a matter of when countries debate which one is more prominent and i think that's more of what we're going to focus on in the debate focus more on that uh where to draw the line. Yeah, where to draw the line. Because okay. you can't, I mean, either way, they suck. If you go all the way to the extreme of capitalism, it sucks. You got child labor, you have unemployment, you have, you're not getting paid at crap. And then on the other side, it's just a failing economy. They can't, there's a lot of shortages, a lot of surpluses. You can't manage exactly everywhere for everyone to live. And what mm -hmm. if this person has a different house than they why do they get a better house? And then that creates these other conflicts, and so they all have to be the same, and then that's going to cost more money to make everything exactly uniform. And hmm. So I think we can all agree the peers are not what we want to be. Nope. <laughs> because pure capitalism is anarchy, by definition. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it requires anarchy because any government powerful enough to intervene will. Yeah. Because someone hmm. will do something they don't like, they'll exercise that power to stop them. Which isn't necessarily on that negative, but at that right. point, you're no longer pure capitalism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Is there a, like, I don't know, maybe I'm cynical, but like, is there a perfect in-between that would work for everyone? No. Probably not, no. <laughs> I think someone's always going to be upset. As long as you have two people, there's going to be disagreements. I mean, if there was a perfect, I think we'd see it. I like the idea of how nations are doing with the democratic socialism. Yeah. But then again, I'm not living there, so, you know, in my opinion, it would change if I was there. But you always hear, like, the statistics, like, people in Denmark are the second happiest people in the world, and it's like, what? Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I do think that my preference would be that the U.S. was leaning more towards democratic socialism. Um, for both being provided those things and also... I don't mind paying more taxes if it means people aren't homeless or that people in like the, I don't know, orphanage system are taken care of and, you know, X, Y, and Z. It's really, like, it's no skin off my back. It's more than happy to do that. Totally. So, you, you bring up something which I think is really important, which is that we need resources to address problems like homelessness and mm -hmm. people who don't have access to education. Um, and socialism is certainly a way you could procure those resources. So the, the question that I have is, is taxation and all the inefficiencies that come with government spending, which are easy to identify, <laughs> just look at military spending, <laughs> um, is that the most efficient way to solve the problem? It may be the most accessible, which could be worth something, but do we think that's actually the best way to solve those problems? Yeah. What are the alternatives? Actually getting out and doing something? 
um, you know. Hey, it's... that sounds like you're making me do work. <laughs> Which, well, so what's interesting is that's sort of like the key in, in a lot of arguments of capitalism versus socialism. That's sort of the point that it hinges on is taxation. producing well taxation, but also. One of the biggest things in terms of long, like the, the hinge of the argument of which is better long term, is typically around which is going to produce a better outcome in, say, 30 years. And one of the problems that you have to address with moving closer to socialism is that your government is spending more money, which means it has to take more money in. Um, but to take more money in, you have to increase taxes. Well, the more you increase taxes, the smaller the share of my work I get to keep you reducing my incentive. If you're on top of that providing a whole bunch of essential services to me, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but you're providing services to me, and I don't have to do anything to earn them. I get them by default. I could live in my mom's basement until I'm 50 and get those services. You're, it doesn't mean nobody's going to produce. Of course, people will still produce. But you're reducing the incentive. And across large groups of people, they respond to incentives. Yeah, and that's one of the arguments I was seeing, too, um, against socialism is the further you go down that rabbit hole, the less people actually want to work. Because why? And there was some joke that one of them mentioned about, um, you know, <clears throat> they're not paying me anything, or they're only pretending to pay me, and so I'm only pretending to work. Because they're just providing you, you know, your basic needs. But you don't really have to work for it. It's all going to be there no matter what you do. And it's the same for everyone. And so if it's the same for everyone, no one is, you know, climbing that ladder. And um, the free market actually encourages the incentives. If there's a business that isn't reaching for the sky or whatever, they're going to fall under and it's going to open the way for other more um, innovative ideas to come out. And so they think that socialism actually can hamper the progress of a nation on top of everything else. So to ask you guys to get another thread kind of going, are you happy with our version of capitalism? Or would you rather see, I know most of us in here, Elijah, you're the only one I don't know your opinion, but we would like to see socialism aspects sprinkled in, in very specific ways or in certain areas. And so I want to know kind of like what you think we're doing right versus what, where you think we could bring that socialism in. So things that I think we're doing through government spending that make a lot of sense. Um, they're very practical to do through government spending to provide services to people is things like managing roads and lots of utilities and such. Like, of course we have utility bills, but we're not paying the true cost. It's tax yeah. subsidized. Oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> um, so a lot of those essential services that we just never think about, um, it makes sense to have those be handled by government. Is it probably less cost efficient than if it was in a competitive market? Probably. But um, essentially, you, you take away our need to worry about those things. We know they're available. We know what they're going to cost. And it's a manageable fee. Yeah. And yeah. what it does is it lets us take the time we'd spend focusing on those things and shift that to other, other ways of being productive or not, as we choose. Yeah. So going off of that, you, you mentioned that it's likely more expensive than it would be in a competitive market. But I think isn't there that concern 
in a competitive market, there's potential for a monopoly to grow. And if that's the case, then I think the prices, wouldn't they just shoot past the set price you'd see in the socialistic so setting? Maybe. So, well, no. If you had a monopoly, sure, then the price could have been higher than in a, um, a socialist setting, because like you said, the price is set. However, monopolies are almost always born of government regulation. Good example, if you think about internet service. Um, so like here in Colorado, um, you typically have access to one of either cable or DSL, and sometimes if you're lucky, fiber. Um, and if you have cable or DSL, you have exactly one choice of cable provider and mm -hmm. exactly one choice of DSL provider. And that's not because people don't want to compete. It's because there are FCC rules that prevent it. We actually, and this is all, and there's, there's laws in almost every state to this, where essentially the interested parties basically got legislators to write bills that made it illegal to compete in the same regions for internet service, unless you're offering different technologies. And I think we, I mean, we see, like, minor forms of monopolies, and it's, there's still, I don't know. I, so my, I'm thinking, I'm trying to piece my thoughts together. Pregnancy brain. <laughs> um, I'm thinking in California about how in Sacramento, we had the option of SMUD or pg e mm. for power. And it is strictly based off of where you are at. Mm -hmm. And... They can't intermingle. They can't go to the same areas and use the same... It's not like telephone towers where they can use the same towers or whatever. I mean, I don't know if they can or not, if that is physically possible. But they they don't. Mm -hmm. They either are smut area or pg e mm -hmm. And not a lot of people, you know, complain about that. The prices in California are a lot steeper, but that's just California. I mean, we pay... More than, or less than half of what we used to pay for our smud bill and sack, but it still wasn't outrageous. It wasn't like five hundred dollars for a three-bedroom home, right? You know. Are those grids isolated, or are they intermingled? Like smud and PG&E, do they have their separate plants going I to think, separate the plate uh, locations? Or? I think they must be because of when PG&E was doing the rolling blackouts before smud started to. They were able to shut off just their grids, but I don't know if it's because they can't have access to it or if it's just because they... Because even PG&E, they have different grids for different areas. Yeah. It's all in their same area, but they're different grids to different neighborhoods. So I'd imagine that they could possibly work through those together or something. I don't know. I don't know enough about that electricity infrastructure out there. Yeah, I don't either. But I know I'm playing with it. Yeah, with pg e there certainly seems to be a monopoly going on, and they take advantage of that, it seems. I know, I'm sure they get, you know, they have to push the price to the customer a little bit, or maybe a lot, from all the regulations because of, you know, the several coal plants they're still operating. But I don't know how much of that, like, did you see a difference between SMUD and pg e Because you had both, right? Yeah, I did not see a difference. So something I noticed with pg e at least where we lived in California... Because to me, it didn't seem as much like there was monopoly potential as much as being the only provider. They just didn't seem to care about people they're providing to. So, I don't know. Bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so, okay, Alyssa, I know you're opinionated on this. What would you like to see added in? I mean, like, we kind of touched on it. I think 
at least like some base level of housing and some base level of higher education should be available for low cost at the minimum because I know personally like, I'd more be more than happy to pay extra taxes because I don't think you should be punished because of where you're born or because of your family's situation because I think a lot of time like neighbors that have poverty like they stay in poverty because those kids can't get out and get a higher education or the total well, what are you gonna like what are you gonna do go to college like what are you you can't afford that you can't even like you know you have to work in order to help your family therefore you can't even finish high school and it's like it just feeds back into the cycle and so there has to be a way to break that and I think it's ridiculous that in a first world country there's so much homelessness because I mean I get like granted I think some people are going to choose to do what they want to do and like that's the beauty of it is that you can choose to not want to live in a home or like be like woe is me I don't want to take your free housing and like I know there are options available and I think that's awesome but I think it's ridiculous that there are some people that will be like you know a single mom struggling because her husband decided to leave her and she's working full-time but can't afford childcare. that fucking pisses me off how expensive childcare is because that's not a luxury it's a necessity if you're a, like we're lucky that I get to stay home because I couldn't afford to work in order to pay for our childcare. Like, I make less money than it would cost to send our daughter to childcare. And I think that's ridiculous that there's, like, and again, I know there's programs, but there's not enough because I hear from people every single day about how they're struggling with that. And I know people personally that struggle with things like that with housing or childcare, and they're like, I don't know, dude. Like, like you know, I'm working nights and trying to find family to watch kids, my kids while I'm gone because... I can't afford to do anything else and they're still struggling to meet ends meet and I don't think that's fair. Well, I think some of that is how difficult it is to get into those programs. It's not usually um, like a, oh, you need childcare, here it is. It's a, show us you're working. Show us this. Show us that. How and are you going to get a job? you can't get a job until you get childcare reliably. Uh, but I did want to say that, what was it that I was... I'm trying to remember what kind of class this was where we discussed the homeless issue or if it was like some TED talk I watched or something. But um, anthropology class or something. It was something. But one thing that shook me to the core was they went around and they actually asked all of these people on um, the Sacramento Street corner, like, why are you homeless? Like, here's some programs. Let's get you help. And... It wasn't a majority, but there was a large percentage of people that are like, no, I enjoy this life. I just get to sit here and get high and I don't have any responsibilities and I'm really enjoying it. And, um, Maxie, you don't want to go on the floor. Come on. I'm on the couch. Um, and that was kind of the general attitude was just, I don't want to. And I think a lot of, when we talk about the homeless issue, it's either people that don't know about the programs. The programs are too hard. Well, I think it either comes down to these two things. The programs are too hard to get into, or um, they just don't want it. Hmm. Sorry, that was kind of my quick point that turned a little long. No, that's okay. Jumping off of that, because this is another issue I have, is um, the way, and I mean, this is more of like, I mean, I guess this doesn't have to do with socialism or capitalism but like veterans and like how often they end up homeless and I think a lot of it's because they come home with PTSD and like I've experienced that in like my personal life with people that I know and it's like I mean we lost a friend to it and it's hard because I don't think that they 
Sorry, it just makes me emotional. <laughs> um, I don't think they get the help that they need. And, like, it's hard for them to hold damn jobs, and then they turn to drugs to try and escape. And it's, like, it's just tough. I don't know. Sorry. Go ahead. It's okay. Um, well, now I feel bad because I was going to question you. Like, this is why you're wrong, Alyssa. <laughs> no, you're This fine. is touchy because, I mean, I mean, Alyssa at least knows one, and I know. I've served in the military, and I know a few people who have passed. Yeah. And again, that's it's not right. at all what the topic is because I know it's a completely separate right. discussion, like the way that our veterans are handled and well, even in the military, like it's fucking stupid that like the way that they treat them and like they're told that you who, can't ask for who, help. Okay. And like <laughs> that again, it's its own topic. Like that isn't necessarily have to do with this because regardless, like they're just getting fucked over and that fucking pisses me off. Well and that's that's what I was gonna kinda ask. Do you think do you think that that is more of a free market issue it's, I don't think or either. a mental health issue? Like, <laughs> the homeless problem issue. and all of that. Um, but, I mean, then you could argue, so now I'm arguing with myself, you could argue <laughs> that if we had a socialist healthcare system, they would have better chances of getting that help and therefore not leading I mean, to that. I mean, I don't... You're fine. The problem there, I think, is that the VA does offer, like, at least from what I've seen, a decent amount of help. It's just the mentality of when you get out that you're told you're not supposed to need help. Right. And so I don't think it's necessarily, like, they're not provided help. I think that it's a mentality getting out that you've been told for X amount of years you don't need help. And if you need help, you're a fucking pussy and useless. Yeah. Like, verbatim. <laughs> so many things. Okay. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, there is plenty of help out there, but that's a... Um, traditions issue i guess yeah and military like said, of really things on paper being one thing and operations day-to-day being the complete opposite on how commands are structured but i mean when you're in the military things are kind of worked socialistic in that way in that you you work you know you, you get compensated more you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> tangent, you know a lot of people think you don't get compensated for shit, you know, being in the military, but that was not my experience at all. And from everyone I know, you get... Sure, maybe it's not as much as you'd like for doing the shit that we signed up to do, but, like, we assigned a contract giving away all the rights to do those things. So, like, for me personally, I think I was compensated more than fairly. A lot of people don't think like that, but, um, yeah, like, so you work, you get your paycheck... And you get all these things taken out, and you don't really see where it goes until you need anything done, and you just go get it done. Yeah. And you don't ever get a bill or nothing. You know, nothing. And ever we did happens. have free housing. Like you yeah. can either live on base housing or they compensate you with what they. And I mean, it was yes. fair. Like living in Hawaii, like they didn't give you what you'd be given in Ohio. Like they gave you yeah. fair basing, base housing. You get allowance. a paid bump basing. for being married because they <laughs> expect you to live in a house. But if then you it's just kids. taken out because you're living in base, in base housing. Yeah, it's totally fair. Um, so, I don't know, it, it works pretty well for, like, you know, people just getting out of high school and don't know how to, like, pay bills and stuff. Um, and it's, it's just all taken care of. Uh, but before that thought, um, I want to talk about military spinning. Because I don't know... <laughs> I know you brought it up earlier, but... Holy cow, if... <laughs> Some there are people, and you know, no offense if you think that we need to spend more or are spending a fair amount on military, but also like you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> there is. Do you need to be 
Yeah, but after. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to mouth it so we didn't interrupt the podcast. But okay, so, anyway, so, we're gonna take a break after Levi's point because yeah. Mickey has a piece. Yeah. No one will know what's going on. There, I have never seen more wasted money in my life. I thought that's just how things were. And then I went into the civilian world, and you know, sure, there's plenty of wasted time. People standing around sitting on their phones, like but that. when that's just man hours. <laughs> when you're looking at the military, things. I don't know how it even comes about, but if you have a a piece of rubber that's a you know formed into a gasket that might be thirty cents to produce, you can go buy that at Home Depot for like three bucks, and it's the exact same composite of plastics and rubber. Literally, it says on it the exact same, but because it doesn't have some stamp of approval by the Navy The quality on insurance. It. I have literally seen parts, you know, where you go buy a Home Depot for $3, or you give it to Supply, and Supply gets it, and you look at the bill, and it's like 90 to to $100, or more sometimes. And then if you're talking about things that are, um, like, NAVSAFE certified, which is basically like Navy OSHA, mm-hmm. holy crap. If it's anything like a, a washer... It, it's marked up like 500% or more. It, it, it's insane the, the waste on manufacturing and um, where we buy things from. And to the point where those things are so hard to get that, let me say, sometimes we just go to Home Depot and get a part. <laughs> as long as it's not some really system, you know, that's going to be like safety of ship and personnel or also the military if you're listening that was a joke <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for legal a, reasons that's a joke classic, classic levi joke <laughs> ah, levi, ah. and then that's just like small parts when you want to get into things like building a submarine you know the 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 companies kind of have monopolies like on shipbuilding, like electric boat and the prices it's I think it's like cost plus, cost plus contracting, mm-hmm. where it's basically like there's no deadline, and they can charge whatever they want because they can just say it costs this much. Oh yeah, I mean just <laughs> it's look insane. at that lovely new fighter plane we've been building and not using. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, the Air Force too. <laughs> Air Force and Navy, I think, accumulate for like sixty to seventy percent of all military spending, and it's really ridiculous. <laughs> the 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 wasted money and man hours that go in and you know man hours i wouldn't argue so much because it is a hard life and like sometimes you just want to sit around and do nothing but also you're in the military and that's just a uh mentality in the military that needs to change not necessarily a enforced by the government thing that yeah no that part that costs you know 10x more needs to go in it because they said so anyway that's my military. I, I guess the quickest note, real quick. It's just like 10 seconds. Hey, remember, this is your child in here okay. crushing my, that bladder. This is like getting very political, but I oh hate boy. that people say that the post office wastes X amount of money a year. It's a service. But you don't say the military wastes any children <laughs> much. They're the same. Month, I would say that the military wastes money. <laughs> But the people who say that the post office, yeah, okay, coming up to the post office of all people. About. <laughs> all right, that's my point. Thanks. You may pee now. Okay, thanks. Boom, we're back. Oh, did I have something to say? You had a question that you were asking during our pause break. Oh, yep. All right. I'm curious about the health care issue. Um, prices being so high, people not being able to afford health care. 
Um, and if that's more of a socialism or capitalism issue, because I don't know. That's a fair I just, question. I just know it's a problem. Yeah. yeah so it's cheaper to go out of state for a surgery and fly back in and scheduling oh that God. flight the day of than it is to do it in the U.S. The healthcare problem in the United States, in my opinion, <laughs> um, is related to something that causes problems in like a lot of industries all over our economy, and that's that it is overregulated and it's full of cronyism. Mm -hmm. um, decisions are constantly made that do not benefit the people who need health care. Um, the, for example, the, the, um, the insurance industry is, it's crazy, like by hiding the costs and basically saying, well, you just pay us and you don't ever have to look at the bill, you don't realize how outrageous some of the things are. And there's tons of wheeling and dealing on things. So like, for example, if you go into the ER and they give you a bag of saline, they'll charge you like $300 for it. Mm -hmm. But in exchange, they give that insurance provider a cut, a, a discount on the cost of surgeries. And that's where they make up the money. Um, where the real scam is, though, is what Nikki was talking about with drugs. Um, and there's just such a mess around it. So um, this is terrible because I can't remember the exact name. Um, darn it, it's pharmacy benefits something. So there's basically there's a middleman that sits between drug companies and insurance companies and pharmacies and PBMs, pharmacy benefit, pharmacy benefit managers, that's what it was. And what they do is they do bulk purchases from the manufacturers and then they resell them theoretically at a better price to people who need smaller <laughs> amounts like pharmacies. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is those pharmacy benefit managers, they're basically a big scam. There's a lot of cases where they'll buy some drug from a manufacturer at, you know, $2 a dose. And they'll resell it to the pharmacies at a, and their deal is they give a flat discount, something like a 10% discount off the retail price. Right. But they will make up their own retail price. So this drug they bought for $2, they'll set the retail price at 20 mm -hmm. and give 10% and sell it to the pharmacy for 18. Yeah. Well, it's, it's something that will, I highly doubt ever be regulated with our government because while well, they stick their hands in a lot of different, you know, pies or whatever, I, I feel like there are so many lobbyists for pharmaceutical companies that have a hand in our governments and in our politics that I'm, I'm not a fan of our government <laughs> at all. I, I'm not quite an anarchist, but I feel like I definitely <laughs> lean more that way. 49% anarchy. <laughs> no, it's just, I, and so for me, a lot of the distrust goes back to like, well, if we had a government that did put more regulations on this, but then you're jumping into a little bit more socialism there. And it's not really the socialism that's, a, or the free market that's the problem. It's the government itself that's having an issue because they're so corrupt and they are able to be bought so easily. Which brings me to something I wanted to say during the break and I didn't. Yeah. Which is that the problem in practice with both socialism and capitalism is government corruption. Yeah. Both of a capitalist system with some level of market regulation requires a government with power over the market. Even if there's limitations to like ours, for example, exercising that power has limits. Sometimes it requires Congress and it's a huge quagmire. Mm -hmm. But they have that power. And in a socialist system, they have complete power. And the problem is, is that in a system where 
power is very focused, if the people wielding that power are benevolent, for example, look at um, England back during the monarchy. When they had great monarchs, they were above everybody else. But then a crappy monarch would come in afterwards and the whole country would be driven into the dirt by Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying bring monarchs back to the U.S.? <laughs> if you if you can exclusively find both the wisest and most benevolent monarchs, we're obviously right. as a king nation. sharp and let him reign for another twenty five years. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say we're obviously as a nation really good at choosing leaders. We're the best. <laughs> <laughs> Although, so that's interesting. So, um. To circle back to healthcare in sort of a roundabout way from what we were just saying, yeah. did you know that there was actually a recent attempt to actually force some regulation on some aspects of the medical yeah. industry? Hmm. I was not aware. No, most people aren't because when the efforts were announced, it was ignored because the primary funder of media is pharmacy. Like, what's every other ad when you're watching TV? A drug commercial. Only in the U.S. too. You don't want yeah, it anywhere else. Yeah, they own the market here. Well, and that's, this is totally unrelated, but I think one of my favorite things is um, the fact that we are so uneducated in our politics. Like, I'm all for everyone having a vote. Personally, if I don't know who someone is, I do not vote. If I haven't looked at a specific bill, I'm not going to vote on it because I don't want to be one of those people that's just like, yeah, you know, okay. This is Democratic, great. Or this is Republican, great. I'm so in the middle that like I want to sit down and look at them and have both arguments presented to me. And so sometimes those like those um, what one of those things that you threw out today, the voting guide thing. Oh yeah. I like those because I like to see the extremes on both sides. Yeah. And know that it's somewhere in the middle. But an example of this that is recent and has been driving me crazy. Oh, is this is a good example. The SB 145 or something in California. It is getting all the media attention saying California is making uh, charges against pedophiles less. And I clicked on one of these articles because I saw a friend on Facebook shared it. And I was like, okay, what is going on with this? So I clicked on the article and I read through it. And then I went to, you know, almighty Google and looked up what the bill is. And then I also listened to a, um, a radio show out in California still, and they, they do a really good job of researching both sides and, like, looking at everything, and they share every article and all that jazz. And so I listened to their commentary on it and got all this. Everyone is saying that it is making it so pedophilia, they're getting closer to making pedophilia legal in California. What it is is for decades... There has been a law in California that if you are within 10 years of a minor, it is the judge's discretion on whether you are put on a sex offender list. If there's like some, um, you know, rape charge brought against or something like that. Statutory, Statutory rape charge, yeah. So, you know, I don't necessarily like the 10-year rule. I think if you're 26 having sex with a 16-year-old, even if it's consensual, that's a little skeevy to me. But it's been around for decades. Mm -hmm. um, and judges use it mostly in situations where it's like an 18-year-old boyfriend with a 17-year-old girlfriend, you know, mm -hmm. and the parents are just angry about their relationship. They've recently, this bill, what it did is it changed it because 
in the writing of it, all it mentioned was vaginal intercourse. And so the LGBT community was having these situations arise and the judges couldn't say, yeah, you're 18, they're 17, you guys are a lesbian couple and I understand that it was mutual, but I have to put you on a sex offender list for the rest of your life because it's not how it's written. So all they did was they made it um, oral sex, vaginal, and anal sex. They added all that. So that way it's not this big thing. And everyone is taking it, and I've seen three of my friends on Facebook in California share the crazed article of California. One's not even in California. It, I don't know where she where they live, but it's not even in California. Yeah. Um, halfway across the country, and they are sharing this article with the headlines, California's making it legal for pedophilia. And it's like, if you even in those articles, they mention what it is and what they changed. And so I just, I think it drives... It drives me crazy. People don't read articles they post. <laughs> I do. Are you insane? <laughs> also, like, sane headlines don't generate clicks, which don't generate yeah. impressions. That's so they true. don't make any money. Well, and yep. I mean, I'm less apt to blame the media and more apt to blame us because we're the idiots not reading everything. Because mm-hmm. I get that. Like, they need, they need that for their free market run. But... <laughs> Similar to what you said, I remember when I first started college, um, I had to take a course that was on critical thinking. Yeah, It was dead-ass a college course dedicated to how to find resources that aren't biased. I did, too. And discovering a biased... Re- and it was awesome, though. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, it's wonderful. Uh, it should be required of everyone at any stage of life. In high school. More necessary than it's ever been. Yes, exactly. Oh. And, like, understanding information. But my favorite thing in the world... This is really quick... There's a certain person on my Facebook page that will share an article, and it will be from, like, a satire site. Oh, like So that it'll, be very, it'll be very clickbaity, very much what they're in line with, but then you read it, and it's obviously very satire and a known satire site. And it's just always a little bit cringy when you actually click on the article and you're like, oh, no, they're, like, making fun of this. It's like, I don't know if you guys have seen, and I'm this is a different discussion, but... Um, vaccinescauseautism.com you click in it literally says it doesn't but people will share like oh my god check out this website it's like you haven't clicked that link that's one that Rick rolls you too and so um it's just really interesting to see how misinformation spreads oh it's it's awful and it's really funny to see um, there's one specific person on my timeline that will share things and then immediately afterwards will be like, Facebook fact check. By the way, here's some articles um, disproving that current article that they just shared. <laughs> and it always makes me laugh. Like, I never click on any of it because I know it's all fucking bullshit. And I can do my own research and like make my own decisions. Um, but it's just funny to see. So I think, I don't know what I was saying other than I think that we're part of the problem because we're uneducated and we just... Yeah, I think you're right, though, that but that should be maybe required not. in high school, like, a critical thinking course. Oh, my God, course. right? And, like, before you're able to vote, <laughs> I think, like, you should be able to pass a class about critical thinking and, like, prove that you can find a topic and properly research it and write an unbiased article about it. It can be, like, anything controversial and stupid, but I think that would be a good class to have. Well, and that's funny because some of the articles I was looking at for this topic... There was one specifically where it was just, it was supposed to be, it was like 
capitalism versus socialism. And so I was like, okay, I'll get some good points either way. And then it was only bashing on socialism. And so I was like, okay. And I scrolled back up to the top and I was looking at the author little biography thing. And it, he described himself as a, um, you know, an author of or editor of up to 35 books and a strict conservative. And oh. I'm like, this is not going to. And so I stopped and I was like, this is not going to give me any alternate points. This is going to be an extreme. And that's what I was seeing. And it was just, it was interesting. Going off of your point of um, us being the problem, this is definitely a rambling off of the, the path here. But we I don't do that here. <laughs> We're not called rogue ramblings. <laughs> I chalked it up to a two-party system because when you identify as Democratic or Republican, and you know that a law trying to be passed is generally considered a Democratic law, you read the headline, you know it's Democratic, and you stop. I don't need to read the article. Democratics, it's a, it's a made by Democrats. It's mine. I like it. I don't need to know the specifics. Yeah. I don't need to know X, Y, and Z that got written into the bill that aren't what's in the headline. I don't need to. I'm stopping there. And I think that, personally, if it wasn't a two-party system, if it, if it wasn't a binary system, one or zero, you'd do more critical thinking because the options aren't, you know, just this or that. I think that's if fair. If the options are this or that, and you know that your party is on the side of this thing, generally... It's then easier to side with just, it. It's a lot more effort to do an hour of reading just to figure out maybe it leans more not in your personal direction. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, it's, what's interesting is that a lot of people, when they look at the two-party system, like, just talk about it in food, they think you're choosing between, like, a plate of spaghetti or a cheeseburger. Like, right. they're completely but really, separate. But you're not. You're choosing between a cheeseburger with Swiss or a cheeseburger with cheddar. <laughs> that's the best analogy. Are made out of crap. <laughs> it's a McDonald's cheeseburger and you're bringing it home, except there's no cheese on it. You're either adding American or you're adding Swiss. Puppy. Yeah, it's not not a whole lot of choice to be made. Bella. Yeah. I like your analogy there, Alyssa, because that, that feels very kosher. Because, like, as, as a citizen, as a voter, I actually don't feel like I have much choice in this. It's a McDonald's hamburger either way, and I can affect the smallest part. <laughs> but it is my vote. It's your vote. It's it my is. vote for the small part. Yeah. So, as someone who's actually gotten more involved in politics, I actually have quite an opinion here, and I think that, while, while important, I think perhaps the least important thing you can do as a member of the voting public is to cast your vote on election day. Yeah. Because if you... So, one of the things that I like to tell people is that if you don't like what whatever party like let's say it's a third party like, let's say you you happen to really like the libertarian party but you think their candidates are missing something essential hmm. you as the individual voter literally all you have to do is just put the word libertarian next to your name and now you can all you have to do is just show up and you can have a like sometimes a double digit percentage choice in the in whose name goes on the ballot for a local election for that party hmm. like you could be like, for example, um, I live in a small town, and we had way more people this time because we did our ballot by mail, but in our previous election for the town board, the candidate with the most votes, I think, got 300. Wow. Um, and in order, and so that's not very many people. Like, if yeah. you just went out and just knocked on people's doors and talked to them for three weeks, you could get more votes than that. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, all you'd have to do, like, if you want to 
and this is non nonpartisan, so perhaps not as party based, but like if you wanted to make a difference in your town, all you have to do is like in my town I think you have to get thirty signatures from registered voters to put your name on the ballot. That's not bad. Yeah, like it's surprisingly easy. And if you want to get into the party system, so like let's say county officials, well the people who actually get put on the ballot for, you know, Republican, Democrat, other on our county ballots, those people have to be chosen by the party. And they're chosen by people who actually show up to caucus. Right. Um, and you do have to you do have to actually register with the party. So like here in Colorado, the largest party in the state of Colorado by a huge margin is unaffiliated. Over fifty <laughs> over fifty percent. I think technically me and Levi are unaffiliated. I, I am. Because no. I didn't are want you? to I'm Rexer is unaffiliated. I definitely lean yeah. more democratic. Okay. Because I, I think for a while in California you were registered Democratic and then you were... I don't think I was actually registered to vote. Oh. Yeah. I was unaffiliated for a long time. What actually finally got me to sign my name next to a party was that I was like, well, I decided I cared about county elections, mm -hmm. and by going to caucus, I can put my name on a list of only a few hundred who decide which candidate is put on the ballot for the party. Yeah. Gotcha. Which suddenly means I have a huge voice in influencing yeah, absolutely. who my party is putting up, and I can <laughs> push for like really good candidates. So... Uh, oh, I'm registered as a Republican. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> get out! Um, the, is, so here in our local county, there's one candidate, his name is Ben, uh, running for county commissioner. The other Republican candidate I don't really care for that much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll have to research into his opponents to see who I dislike the least. Right. <laughs> um, Politics. But, but Ben, I really like. He grew up in... Can I drop town names? Oh. If you want to, that's we, we totally have. fine. We've dropped. Okay, I just added like if you haven't talked about where you are. I don't want oh to be no, we talked about. We can drop. We've talked about like any restaurants we go to. Like I mean. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. It's your personal think, preference. Oh, I don't, I don't mind at all. I just didn't want. No, to. I'm they pretty are, sure last session time. Alyssa or Riley threw out a shout out for Blue Agave Grill and was like, if you're ever in Fort Collins, yeah, <laughs> so we're slowly triangulating yourself for like one cool. stalker that might yeah. be listening. <laughs> one stalker of our seven listeners. <laughs> the odds might be there. Yeah, I haven't done the research, so I can't say. But so, um, so one of the Republican candidates for county commissioner in Larimer County is his name's Ben Este. Ben Este. I don't know how to pronounce his last name properly. Um, he lives in Loveland. He runs a store there, and if you're familiar with the Habitat Restore, they basically mm. take in stuff, they take in used stuff, and then they resell it. And some of the amount, and in his case, what he does is he takes things that people don't want. He sells it. He's very involved in the community. He's been running his store for like 30 years or something. Oh wow! Um, he's extremely beloved by the community. He has never done anything political before. He is just genuinely a person who cares about people, and that's basically the whole reason. It's like I've spent time. He's gone. To, he's gone. He's been going to the meetings for a while. He's been getting involved, learning about what's going on. And he's like, I'm very connected to the people. I want to be able to represent them and try to do what's best for the people. Nice. So he chose to run for office. Yeah. And I'm super excited to see his name on the ballot because I know he's not there for some political future or political gains. Right. He actually has the heart of a servant. He. When you know elected offices are civil servants, and to him he actually sees the word servant. That is <laughs> yeah. awesome. So, like people like that, I'm really excited to see. And it was weird on the, in the Republican primary, we had a choice for his seat between two people that I liked a lot, mm. which was really nice actually. <laughs> what a refreshing <laughs> change. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, we don't get enough of that. And I think one of the biggest ways that we can 
really encourage there to be more of that in politics is for people who actually care to go out and what you should do is you should find somebody who has like the slightest interest in politics that you think would be good at it, that you know is a good person and will genuinely seek the best for other people, and just keep pressuring them until they finally do it. I like that. <laughs> I do too. Because the best thing about electing and like getting candidates that are people whose visions and ideals you can get behind you don't have to care about their policies because you know their objectives are something you can get behind. Right. Um, so my dad was actually a county commissioner here in Larimer County for, oh, ten, that's for, so cool. for 10 years, actually. Oh, that's wow. awesome. Um, and the current owner of T-Bar Inn in Wellington, a small town north of here, yeah. um, is lifelong Democrat. My dad ran as a Republican, and he voted for my dad every time, and he said, because when I met Lou, I knew that Lou is outstanding, is... Um, Lou is aiming to do what's best for the citizens of Larimer County, full stop. Um, a good example of that is during his entire tenure, he had an open door policy. If he wasn't in a meeting, you could walk into his office and talk to him. Nice. That's the way it should be. I like that a lot because I think, like, I think that's why, like, I voted as undecided. Is it's like, I don't, it's not about a party. It's about who do I align with more and who do I... I, I like their values, and I mean, I, granted, in the current system, I don't know. As far as, as high up as a president, I don't think, like, that's neither here nor there, but, like, I personally, it's not like, oh, yeah, like, I'd go get a beer with him. But you know what I mean? Like, I think on, like, a lesser level, it's like, I don't care what party you're affiliated with because it's like, I see values in both. And, like, that's why I don't think, like, I could really align with one being like, yes, I'm fully this or I'm fully that because I'm definitely in the middle and I think it's nice to go based off the person because I think that's what matters. Is this, is this person going to be out looking out for me or are they going to be looking out for their own interests? Always been funny to me that it's like you'll see people be like, oh, I'm the opposite party of you, so like we can't be friends. Or like we can't talk about politics. We can't get Like I just, whatever you say is like nonsense. But then like they'll be good friends. And it's like, but they're, they're like, politics don't have to be a divide in a relationship. No. That's actually really nice between Riley and I because. His mom is very democratic, and so he has a little bit more of those democratic ideals. He's very centered, but he, but he leans a little more. Mm -hmm. Because of my dad, I definitely have more Republican views, and still very centered. But And so we sit here, and we do not agree on quite a quite bit. Quite a few things, yeah. Yeah, I think if you've heard in past debates about... The one where he made me cry that last time about designer babies for whatever reason. How do I make you cry? What did I say? I was preg I'm pregnant. I was, <laughs> pregnant. I was gonna say you're pregnant. Yeah. That's not fair. Because yeah. you said that you'd go back and like change some of your jeans if you could, and so I started crying. <laughs> we ended up. How is Republican versus Democrat? No, I'm just saying like we have a lot of views where we disagree. Okay, we still okay. That was a good episode though, designer babies. That was a good yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was so just plug ourselves here. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> but. Like, right, some of ours are duds. Like, all the ones you pitched. <laughs> no, I think we are able to communicate in a way where our relationship still works, and I think it actually helps us both grow in our political ideologies. Even if we grow separately in that ideology, we're still, yeah. you know, challenging each other. Yeah, you're not yeah. in an echo chamber. Yeah, S side it's tip. not like where we're sitting there toxically spewing at each other mm. and resenting each other. And, well, not for that. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> therapy right, I'm going to ignore that. T tip for the audience. If you're going to relationship with somebody and you've never disagreed with them, 
you need to find something to disagree about <laughs> and make sure that you can disagree. It's only a matter to still be in a comfortable relationship. <laughs> also, equally important, I think, before you guys move forward, and not that this has been like a problem, not saying from like personal experience or anything, but children there's so yeah. many people i hear that they're like oh i never knew he didn't want kids and like, i they want seven kids and really. it's holy yeah. fucking like y'all should like know this before it's a serious relationship like i think there it's are, a difference there, if you're, like, are, there are three things you should probably talk <laughs> about and, 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 and if you're looking for a serious relationship you should probably talk about them on your first date yeah. absolutely politics religion yep. religion kids. and kids, kids. yep absolutely check off all three on your first date if you're looking for serious don't relationships fucking don't lie time. don't yeah. lie either yeah. don't also, be like no no i'm fine not having kids when you're like deep down you're like kids and my life won't be fulfilled if I don't have kids because you're not gonna fucking change my mind and that's toxic as fuck to like come into a relationship and be like I'm gonna make you change your mind that you do want kids or that you don't want kids either way like that's not cool don't do that to someone coming back to government regulation (laughs) we need to regulate dating apps to include those three questions as a requirement in your profile you have to take a lie detector test to prove you're not lying (laughs) You could just get everybody to boycott dating apps that don't have them. Then you don't need the government. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Just meet in there. high school like we did. <laughs> Coming from two married couples that literally met their significant other in high school, it's like, yeah, no, we, it's so easy. Like, yeah, we didn't come from a small town at all. <laughs> I know. We, had a, we have a good friend who, she, she now has a, a boyfriend that she's really into, but it was so interesting watching her try to date in the adult realm because none of us have she that like, experience. She asked us for advice and we're like, uh, yeah. like, like yes. what, did you meet him in English class? <laughs> yeah, meet up with him in I don't period. fucking know. That's how you get a date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking from experience, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm really glad I don't sucky. have to. Like, mm. Sorry, yeah. everyone. Dating everyone's an adult is complicated. Everyone's talking about like if Levi was to die, like at a young age, and I'm like, would I? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> just saying, you know. When I daydream, <laughs> no. like honestly, like if he was to die, I'm like, would I ever date again? I'm like, I don't think I'd fuck. I just, I'm gonna be a widow. Like I'm, gonna, I'm gonna live on my own. Like I can't fucking. I see it through a third party. I'm like, I'm not fucking dealing with that bullshit. Oh no. I'm like, if I die and he wants to date, good for him. But like, nah, I'm just gonna live alone and be like. Like an old crazy witch in a cabin or something. Like, I'm, I'm dying alone. <laughs> One and done. I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> Sorry if you hear digging. Moxie is trying to make a nest it's in a our couch. Couch. You can't dig. <laughs> She'll do this on the bed when there's only the sheet. Like, <laughs> Look, I'll take it away. There's nothing there. I, I think we're we're coming to a. a... I think so. Yeah. Well, I, so I before we wrap up, I, I think I'm like the the dissenting opinion here on like the socialism versus capitalism thing. I actually don't think that the most effective way to ad- address a lot of our social problems is actually to hand them off to the government. Yeah. I think it's to set the expectation that we as people are responsible to take care of those around us. So that's fair. Like to really. If you're going, so if you're going to pick a place to have a community, like commit to that community and actually make a difference there. So if you're in a community with a homelessness problem, don't just go around handing out money, but figure out like what can actually be done here to make a difference. Right. And then make it your mission to meet people and build relationships with people who can actually help you make that difference. No, that's actually, I, I would lean more towards that as well. I... Like I said, I don't like our government. I don't like government, I think, in general. And so my opinion usually is don't give the government more power. 
and again, I think that's a lot of my Republican side that I grew up with, but I still think, like, when we talk about healthcare or if we talk about schooling or that sort of stuff, I struggle so much because I understand where, like, Alyssa's coming from, where people should have housing, people should have healthcare, people should have this and that. But at the same time, I'm so reluctant to give it over to the government and to see how they're going to corrupt it and make it bad. I think, like, in a perfect world, because we're all on the same page, I think, that you can't do it another way. I think it's fine with socialism for the bare minimum to, to live. Health insurance needs to be given to everybody. Why isn't that a thing? Healthcare. So, Healthcare. I, sorry. So here, here's the hardest question with what you've just said, as far as yeah. like socialism providing the bare minimum. How do you define the bare minimum, and mm. how do you keep it from being a moving target that allows whatever government power that is to keep expanding their, their influence? Yeah, that's a question that's answered different for probably every person. And well, I don't think you need an answer to that necessarily, Riley. I just well, think that's like something to ponder. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's not like a, I'm not like saying you have to answer this. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the hard question you have to answer yeah. if you want to go down that road. And it sure. also brings up other complications like, okay, so they're regulating this. Does that mean no abortions whatsoever? Like, does that mean you can't have plan B medicine because of a religious party? Like the Republican Party in control if they don't like plan B. You know, there's some hardcore people. Um, does that mean that everyone gets $3,000 a month because, you know, Democrats in control and that's what they want to do and you don't have to work and there's all these people that are just living without working and then we don't have everything. I don't know. It complicates things. And uh. <clears throat> it's especially with a party that changes and not a monarchy it's going to go back and forth and things are going to be given and taken away and I don't know what I'm saying. Thoughts are so scrambled. I kind of can see where Riley's coming from. I feel like there has to be a base level that we all agree upon that it's <laughs> like there's a base of which I know that <laughs> we're talking utopia, right? Where like there's a base level we all agree on. But I think like... The like agree a, on is the, <laughs> <laughs> the rest two characters. <laughs> but I think like if there was a way that like we could agree on like a base level and I know that's like definitely hard to say like well what's a base level but like I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, in Colorado, or at least Larimer County, shots for kids for through the first year is completely free, like vaccines, if you so choose them. Uh, same with doctor's appointments. They're completely covered. So, like, things like that, maybe, like, a basic medical care where it's, like, you can go in and get a basic health checkup and your vaccines that realistically don't cost you a lot of money to do. I mean, I know that they upcharged it for it, but, like, the making of it is pretty cheap, I think, like, that would be something where it's like, okay, that's, like, your base level of healthcare. Then maybe you could purchase insurance where it's like, okay, like, yeah, if you need cancer treatment, you can purchase a plan for cancer treatment. Like, these are your options. I don't know. I, I'm i not a fucking economist or anything else that knows how to do any of this shit. I'm just saying, oh, like, there's, like, a base level housing where it's like, if you have two kids, you have a two-bedroom house, like, one bathroom, like, similar to what we're currently living in, a very, like, a small house, but, like, it's a roof over your head. It provides your base needs. Like, if you want more, great. Strive for more. If you're happy there, then you're happy there. But I know it definitely gets dicey the more you look into it, because it's like, well, okay, if you have three kids, then you can upgrade, and that encourages people to have children, that maybe they can't... I'm not, I'm not saying that's perfect. I'm not saying this is why, but I think if we could find a base level, an ideal world, that would be awesome. Okay, so this gives me a better 
example for what I was trying to make with my point, which I couldn't get out. <laughs> I got you there. there you you got me there. <laughs> so, but then the government has the ability to also say, okay, we control healthcare. This is your base level care. You know, you have vaccines for kids. We're willing to do more, but only for those that vaccinate their kids. Yeah. Or, you know, this is your housing. Hmm. We're willing to upgrade you if you have three kids, but you can only have two dogs. Like, I mean, just... I don't know if that example is as applicable, because <laughs> I don't think two dogs is a big limitation. Oh, I... <laughs> but to limit kids, though, that could be a concern. I want a third dog. If we did, like, the Ender's Game thing, where it's, like, two kids, that's it. If you have a third, it's because yeah. the government asks you to. And that's a serious thing we have to consider if we're okay with before we, and then you know, we're move forward. Yeah. Well, I think another thing that I've thought about a lot when it comes to, like, baseline health care being provided for so are, are you comfortable paying for like someone's medical needs if they're a chronic alcoholic mm-hmm. you know like yeah. do you i mean that's a serious part of it for me because like a lot of health issues are um self brought on what percentage but certainly like smoking and drinking a lot of those health issues that's going to cause those people to get medical bills are going to be brought on by themselves so what do you want to do about that like that's my a huge problem i see it because i don't want to fucking pay for like someone's base level health care when like you know if it would be transferred into like you know rehab or something sure but i don't think that that is as easy to solve like factoring in those things where people's choices and like you know especially looking at america where it's like uh, you know, the biggest nation for, like, heart disease-related deaths and stuff. It's like, well, should we be paying for all that when it's like, or should we be looking at different routes of health care and, like, what causes these problems, chronic conditions and stuff? I don't know. So interesting on that, I think um, base level being just, like, a checkup, and then if you want extra, you pay extra. And then I think we treat it like life insurance policies. Are you a high risk because you're an alcoholic? <laughs> then you pay more. And life if you're insurance being government funded or no, no, no. But I'm just saying, like, like in general, if you go to get like a life insurance policy, they'll be like, oh, you have these pre-existing conditions, so therefore you have to pay more in order to get the same coverage as someone who's like lived a long, healthy life. I think that would be an interesting way to handle normal insurance, being like, you are obviously a chronic alcoholic, you can't hold a job, your jobs, you know, at whatever level of like interest they do in that, or like if they're able like see transactions like oh you're spending x amount of money on cigarettes a month your insurance is then going to cost more if you are hoping to get insurance we're not going to cover lung cancer emphysema (laughs) yeah (laughs) but that's also hard because you'd have to calculate it based off of um how many drinks a day they have and there are people who drink a lot more a day than others and they have no issues yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, stop drinking because that's a luxury. That's not a necessity. Okay, but then those are... <laughs> <they're>, okay! <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm a fan of the classic approach that I feel like is pitched in this scenario. And I might be vain saying it, but I think that if you have substance abuse issues, you just tax more on the substance. Cigarettes aren't helping anybody. Tax more for them. Yeah. I do agree. I don't actually know how I feel about, like, the... Oh, I can't think of the correct word for it, but the taxes on things like cigarettes, alcohol, here in Colorado, marijuana. Um, it's it's one of these complicated situations where I, I think there... I think it's good that there's rules around 
um, like you need to behave yourself when you're consuming things that will alter your behavior. Yeah. Um, but also, like, I'm very much of the opinion, and this is sort of leaning into libertarian <coughs> views, that once someone's an adult, we should, you know, when raising children, culturally, we should be raising children to be prepared to be adults and take responsibility for their own life. Yes. And therefore, if you want to go do stupid things, as long as you are not directly and intentionally negatively impacting other people's lives, then have yeah. fun. You get to deal with the consequences. I'm not going to bail you out. Yeah. Mm. It's like one of the um, arguments for legalizing recreational drugs of all kinds, where it's like, if you're going to do it, you know, we might as well tax you for it. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll lock you up if you're going to drive while you're high. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it regulates it a little bit more. People have more control over themselves, which, mm-hmm. yeah. I think uh, boiling it down, I don't know, it kind of seems like we're all in the same boat that comes down to, like, personal responsibility to, like, you know, (laughs) they don't work on a large scale. Nothing does because, you know, people's personal beliefs. But I think deep down everyone wants to be able to take care of themselves. And, well, I mean, I don't know because I see all the, I hear and see a lot of cases where people are perfectly fine taking handouts for their life. And personally, I I could never align with that belief, but that's, I think I'm out of touch with that side, but it, it just comes down to personal belief and like, mm-hmm. I mean, you got to start somewhere, I guess. I just have a quick question for you. So I understand you don't want to pay for someone's like lung cancer treatment if they've been smoking their whole life. Yes. Where do you land then on abortions? If they yes. chose to have unprotected sex and then they did got pregnant, do you pay for that abortion? Like, do you care if your tax money goes towards that abortion? Um, and I mean, granted, well. you don't know because it's the same thing as someone getting treated for lung cancer. You don't know if they got secondhand smoke or if they were smokers their whole lives or if it was just completely random lung cancer. Like, so I guess just abortion in general, do you think if like, let's say it's a scenario where you're paying for things, would that be something that you personally would be willing to pay extra for? I think. Hmm. Without knowing like the details of why. Maybe some one. like. <laughs> the first one's on us. But seriously, some, something like it's a joke. You get a punch card. Yeah. Tenth one's free. But but seriously, something that like, okay, if someone comes in and they, and they really need an abortion and or or if they want one rather because you can't prove need, I guess. You know, this is a complicated issue here. But, Absolutely. And then, you know, if we are talking about, you know, these things are government-funded healthcare, and that is government-funded, force them to take some sort of, you know, STI, STD, and, like, ramifications of pregnancy and all this stuff. Like, force, you know, educate them on all these things. And then, I think there should be some, definitely some personal responsibility. But piggybacking on that, I think a lot of those... Um, a lot of issues related to abortion and sexual freedom could be fis- fixed by, you know, not um, like our um, sexual education. Sexual education is severely lacking. <laughs> That's an understatement. You know, I think we can also, we all went to the same high school here and um, what they, <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. I never got I a went, sex I went class to the best high school. It was home. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good high school. Oh yeah, but 
And, and speaking for from what you've told me about your parents, it's they didn't even want to talk about it because they're so uncomfortable talking to their kids about sex. And that is just insane. I don't know if it's that generation. Just I think so it is a generational sex, thing. Depending, like, I mean, obviously depending, but... Stop doing that. Like, calm down. It's just sex, and, like, let's teach people about it and what not to do. Side tangent over. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to say that is another argument, though. Um, okay, that is another argument. You guys don't know what's in my head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you mentioned would you want to pay for, like, an abortion if they made that choice? How do you prove that they made the choice? How do you prove that it wasn't, like, a condom that broke and birth control wasn't working for me? You can't. But then also, how do you do it with lung cancer if they've been smoking? That's why they just started. That's why I was arguing with Levi is because, like, you don't want to pay for it if it's someone who's been smoking their whole life. Do you want to pay for an abortion if it's a girl that is just going out and having sex unprotected and knowing what happens and not caring and just getting abortions anyways because she just doesn't give a shit? Or because you can't prove, and I I think it's fucked up if you try to make a woman prove that she was raped or forced to have sex with someone and didn't want to keep the baby or was in an abusive relationship and didn't want to stay in that relationship and felt trapped by the idea of having a baby. So are you going to force her then to prove that or are you just going to cover it? But then you're also arguing against the idea of a government-run, controlled, like, who gets what money healthcare system. Yeah, I'm not, I don't know where the fuck I land on any of this. I'm just saying okay. these are things that I think <laughs> should happen. I don't know where yeah, it comes I from just, or how, but I just think this is what should happen. <laughs> There's a, an interesting example, and my knowledge on this is limited, so I'm sure I'm going to be wrong. Maybe in a big way <laughs> we're here. wrong a lot. Don't we worry. are. Um, we do not, we was, do not guarantee yeah. that we're right on <laughs> any of this. All we do is ramble. I was, I, um, I have a co-worker who lived in Japan for a year, and we were talking about their medical system and what I thought was interesting is they have something similar to what, um, God dang it, come on. Alyssa. Alyssa. You're sorry. fine. You're good. So similar to what Alyssa was, t- was talking about, where they have sort of this concept of, like, regular things, regular doctor's visits, your flu shot it's type covered. stuff is paid for by taxes. But then you're also expected to carry your own medical policy that covers basically everything above that. So, hmm. and I would guess that it probably includes things like abortions. It definitely includes cancer treatment, right. surgeries, Absolutely. all that stuff. So all the things that break the bank and screw up our medical system, they actually expect people to have their own plan to prepare for that. That's interesting. That is kind of a combination. Sounds like yeah. a better way to do <laughs> like a nice medium. Yeah, I mean, every system's gonna have. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Oh yeah, I think that's the bottom line. That there is no perfect. There's a famous comedian, or maybe it's just a, a a someone famous from pop culture, but they have this bit and they talk about like what's what's so weird about the U.S. Everyone always says it's it's that we're free, and it's like what does that mean? Most nations are free. There's <laughs> right. a lot of things you can do this you can do anywhere else. Like, the U.S. isn't alone in being, quote-unquote, free. What, yeah. what does that even mean? <laughs> you say that, but actually I feel like there's some really, really good examples of what it means to be free happening right now. In the United States, True. if I want to pick, pick the state with the strictest lockdowns in the entire United States, the worst possible COVID situation, if I want to organize an irresponsible protest and go to a public place and do it, I can, and they can't put me in jail for it. Yeah. Go try that in Australia right now. Yeah. You'll be in jail for the rest of your life. All right. And you have no legal recourse. Different levels of freedom, for sure. Like, (laughs) most most of the time, it is a meme. 
Not gonna lie. Most <laughs> yeah. of the time, it's a meme. But every now and then, it really matters. And do I think you should go organize an irresponsible <laughs> protest just because you can? <laughs> no. Yes, let's go to Australia. <laughs> We're going to Australia. We're having protests irresponsibly. Like, the, the point of protest is you believe that something the government's doing is wrong and you want to make your voice heard. Mm. And if that's where you're at, then more power to you. You have that right. And, right. and here in America, that's a protected right. Mm. And that's really, really critical. And it's really, it's a fascinating thing because it's like both political parties have been against that on different issues right now. So yeah. like a lot of, um, like there's been, so the Black Lives Matter movement and especially in the places where it's gotten violent. Right. Um, like people leaning towards the right politically have been very against those protests. So like we need to shut it down. Yeah. And while I, while I do think there's something should probably be done about actual rioting, which there's unfortunately a lot of. Yeah. Not all of it, but there's any rioting is too much rioting. Um, but again, but what's the price of dealing with it? Yeah. And that, that's a complicated question. Um, but, and then you've got, on the other hand, you've got mask protests yep. where people typically lean politically to the left, like, oh, these mask protests are bad. They should stop. Yeah. No, it's very interesting. And to see one side argue, well, they shouldn't be protesting. Like, they're both saying, well, that one shouldn't be protesting. Yeah, they're both arguing But that. our group should be protesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's just silly. Let everyone protest. Like. That sums it up right there. <laughs> I know. Jeez. Yep. Okay, yeah. well, we, we really got to stop this because we're 30 minutes over. Yeah, whatever. But, you know. Yeah, it's a fun We'll edit, it, we'll edit yeah. 10 minutes out. definitely one of our longer ones. It is. Yeah, we could probably go on another hour and a half. Oh, we absolutely could. We could go down specifically, <laughs> I think. I barely even started. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to have that. We'll have you yeah. again for the next political talk. Yeah. <laughs> and probably yeah. we'll circle back to similar topics. Oh, okay. one of these days I want to have a podcast on uh, trusting the government or something along those lines. <laughs> like, how much faith do you put into <laughs> it? Like, what's okay? That sort of thing. I think another Can you topic? ever trust your government, or will they always be corrupt? That sort of thing is kind of related. I'd love to do an episode on favorite conspiracy theories, but you have to choose really obscure, oh bizarre God. ones that aren't like common. That'd not be like good. not like moon landing or nine eleven, but like like you have to find an obscure one and you have to bring it and you have to defend it. Like yeah. the, moon, the moon conspiracy. <laughs> like everyone believes in the moon. No, 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 no. Like the Earth's eggplant shaped. I want okay, someone okay. to bring that to the okay, table so and we can argue media. why. <laughs> So 5G? <laughs> yes! <laughs> that would be a good one. That's I keep, lesser I keep no. saying the LTE network is worse out here right now because they amped up the COVID spreading. <laughs> 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 yeah, Levi keeps joking. He keeps saying, he's like, our phones just have COVID. I don't know, man. It's like not working the internet. Uh, annoying, but what are you going to do? <laughs> okay, but yeah, so we're going to end it here. Uh, we'll have Elijah back at some Thank point. Thank you so much for coming on. This was yeah, really fun. Sure. It's always fun yeah. adding in an extra person and like yeah. seeing the dynamic that it creates. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, do we want to do any closing thoughts? Or are we just wrapping up? I think we're just going to wrap up because we're going to go down more more paths. All right, check out our social medias. Facebook is Rogue Ramblings. We now have a group, too. We have a page yes. and a group. So. They're the same. They have the same like cover photo thing. Um, I'm going to confusing. post more in the group and do memes. Probably mostly D&D related, but, you know. Yeah, and it'll be a fun place you guys can post and discuss with us different things and whatnot. Um, we have Instagram. It's Rogue Ramblings, one word. Uh, Twitter is Rogue Ramblings underscore. Email is Rogue Rambling at gmail.com. And thank you guys so much for listening. We love you. We'll talk to you guys next week. I have, like, a quick closing question. Yeah, yeah. please. Go for it. Yeah.
What's going to be the alignment of your memes? <laughs> the chaotic. <laughs> I'm chaotic. <laughs> uh, but they will be an assortment of memes. There are some that I have chosen out, like, that are DMs complaining. There are some of players scared of their DMs. It's going to be... That reminds me, we have done a and d alignment episode, and we all talk about our what alignments. our alignments would be. Oh, it's good. So that, that is a fun one. But yeah. All right. See Talk you to you guys time. next week. Oh, bye. 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 bye.